There's Spiller and Groovejet. This is Wave 105, and I'm pleased to welcome Sophie Ellis Baxter to Wave 105. Hello, how are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? <laughs> I'm actually really good. I can't happy. believe it's nearly 20 years since that was in the charts. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? First of all, you don't <laughs> look old enough. Well, that's very kind, thank you. <laughs> but, I mean, taking you back to that point in time, you know, it must have been a really just such a buzzing time of your life when that became a hit. You know what? It was still really, even when I look at it now, it's really extraordinary, the whole thing that happened, because, I mean, I've always been rubbish at being able to tell what's going to do well out of things I've released anyway, but that one really did take me by surprise. I just didn't see it coming. So the fact that it's still being played and I still get to sing it is like, it's not lost on me that that's a bit of a gift, really. It's lovely. Doesn't it sort of feel weird that your your current song, you know, nearly 20 years on, has vibes of that song? And that's deliberately so, isn't it? Yeah, so basically I've released um, a cover of the Carol Williams song, which was released in 1976, called Love Is You, that Spiller used to sample to make Groove Jets. Wow. So, but it was kind of a conscious thing. I was looking for a song that could accompany my um, greatest hits, because I've done this album called The Song Diaries, which is orchestral reworkings of all my singles. So we've done things like Groove Jet and Murder and Take Me Home, but with an orchestra. And then for the single, I thought, well, I don't really want to write something new because I don't really know what I'll put alongside those songs and what it would say. So I thought maybe if I do a disco song, then I can kind of bridge the gap between the orchestra and also what I'm going to do live, which is taking it with the band. And then when I stumbled across that one again, I thought, you know what, I think that's pretty perfect because it also ties in with the fact that was the first single. So I quite like the neatness of it. And I don't believe anybody else has done a cover version of Love Is You before. Well, I don't think, to my knowledge, I haven't heard another cover of it. And I think also, I don't think it was released in the UK. So I think it's not something that's... I mean, if you're really into disco, you'll know it. It's not like mega obscure, but it's it's definitely not something that everybody knows. But it's got so much about it. It's just unmistakable 70s feel like it's just it actually makes me smile whenever I hear it but just because of like the unashamed drama of the production you know it's just layer upon layer it is and that's the thing I love (laughs) about it and I wrote this down and word for word I wrote the quality of production is immense because when you listen to it particularly on headphones it's just got so many things packed into it yeah everything was played and we did it all in one day it was a really really happy day because Because the most important bit for a disco song is you've got to get a really good band, really good rhythm section. So I have my, I've always got um, like the first people I want to ask, and if they, one of them says no, I get a bit wobbly. But luckily, Mm. all my first choice people were around, which actually includes Richard, my husband. He plays bass on it. Fantastic. Um, Yeah, it's really cute. So, so the band came in and we'd put in the studio. We we cleared, I think, three hours to record the fundamentals of the track and we played it all live so the band were playing I was singing and actually we finished it we set up started playing and within 45 minutes we had it because we played it through three or four times and we were like yeah we think we've got it actually so then we just sort of like sat around for a while waiting for the string players to turn up um so it could have been a really stressful day but actually the magic of something like the song like this is it's just about getting the right feel and once you've done that you can really layer it and you know we had brass and we had harp and a flautist and all this stuff but really it comes from the band that's like the all like little foundation and why disco why did you want to create that 70s sound what was the um thought behind that because i've done this orchestral version of the songs um when we take it live i don't just want to do orchestral versions I wanted to do an orchestra but with a band so all the same guys are going to be up on stage with me and we're going to do full live disco basically so just like they would have done like 
in the 70s, you know, New York disco. So I've got my first outing with it at the Royal Festival Hall next week. And then um, I'll be joined on stage by about 40 musicians. 40? Um, wow. Yes. Yeah. Which is really exciting. I mean, it feels like a bit of a dream come true, really. And then in June next year, I'm taking it on tour. Are you going to be like sat on the edge of the stage? Because with 40 musicians, it's going to be pretty busy up there, isn't it? You're going to be huddled in there somewhere. Yeah, I think I'm just going to be in my element. I'll, it's yeah. frustrating that I'll have to have my back to them because I really want to just sit down and just watch them because I love hearing orchestras anyway. But when we're putting it together, with we're doing like some covers of some classic disco and songs like Take Me Home and Murder and Groove Jet, but with the full disco and you know orchestra production, I just can't wait. I'm just like I'm going to be the happiest person in the room. I can I can hear it in your voice. You're really excited <laughs> yeah. about it. I am. Yeah. And that, that's like a. It, would you? say it's a bit like a warm-up ahead of your main tour next year it's a little bit in at the deep end really because i've sung with orchestras but nothing on this scale but you know it's funny because i probably should feel quite nervous but instead i actually feel really comforted because i think all these other musicians are going to know exactly what they're doing and even if i don't open my mouth it's going to sound really lovely in fact some would argue it'll sound better so (laughs) i think uh i think it's i'm so supported up there i feel really like i've got a massive safety net Fantastic. Well, I want to give Wave 105 listeners an opportunity to hear your new song now because this will really astound people. If you're a fan of disco, you're going to get an immediate reaction, positive reaction to this. So (laughs) let's hear your new song, Sophie. This is Love Is You on Wave 105. Love Is You, that's Sophie Ellis-Bexter on Wave 105. Does that send like a, a tickle up your spine when you hear that again? It actually really does, definitely. I mean, I think the thing about songs like that is it's like a little keen puppy of a song. It's just so eager to impress you and to charm you. That's the magic of disco, I think. Now, something people are going to notice, if they haven't been looking in the papers or on the internet, they'll know that uh, you're looking slightly bigger than you normally are. And there's a good (laughs) reason for that. I say in a very polite way. Yeah, what a very touch one. Is that polite? (laughs) Well... (laughs) Do you know what? I just sometimes. Do you know, do you know many pregnant women that like me? You're looking bigger than normal. Is there a reason for that? <laughs> All right. I don't choose my words particularly well. I apologise, no, totally Sophie. Fine. <laughs> um, I'm, oh, phew, I'm, I'm sweating I'm, after that. I am, yes. I am. Sorry, I am a large woman. You're quite right. Uh, I am with child. Uh, yeah, I'm. Um, I'm nearly six months pregnant with my fifth baby, so that's that's why I've got a disco ball oh, in front of my dress whenever and I go around. Do you know what? My face is roasting after <laughs> I'm that. So sorry. I, 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 I'm no, so sorry. don't. You do not have to apologise at all, Sophie. I'm the one that should apologise. But yes, little one is on the way. <laughs> yes, and it's due, isn't it? Due on the same day as the release of your new album. Yeah, the exact same day. So how did that uh, come about then? <laughs> uh, by a total lack of planning. Uh, <laughs> when I was thinking of having another baby, the album was still... We were thinking of bringing an album out in September, but then I ended up thinking, oh, no, there's more work I need to do. It's not quite ready, so I did more work, and that pushed the release date back to January. And then, as luck would have it, that's exactly when yeah. I'm having a baby. So, And I didn't actually tell my manager until quite late on. I didn't tell him until I was maybe 14, 15 weeks. So, you know, I'd sort of... Right. Let it percolate for a while with just sitting in all these meetings and planning stuff with only me knowing, like trying to work out, okay, by that point I'll be this pregnant, by that point I'll be this pregnant. But um, such is life, you know? And hmm. uh, there's there's harder things to be doing than, than singing while I'm pregnant. So I'm actually feeling quite chipper about things at the moment. But promise me one thing, after the gig next week, <laughs> you, you are going to begin to wind down, aren't you, at some uh, point? At some point, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, 
like I've I've got work until uh, sort of November kind of time, and then okay. so December will be be quiet and cosy, and then yeah, I'll hibernate January and February. I think. Yeah, that's what we all like to do, really hibernate <laughs> yeah, exactly. in January and February. That's for yeah. sure. I mean, becoming a mum. I mean, this is going to be your fifth baby. Now, I'm one of four, and oh, I remember cool. back in the early eighties. Um, my mum wanting a fifth and my dad saying no. I was about nine at the time. And, yeah. uh, you know, with you, with the fifth one coming along, you know, it must be uh, quite daunting. Or is it daunting um, enough after four? Yeah, I don't feel that daunted. Maybe I should be. Um, I think, no, I, don't, I think I felt more daunted with my fourth, weirdly. Yeah. Um, but with this, I feel like I already know that it's going to be chaos sometimes I already know that my kids can sometimes be wonderful and can sometimes be horrible so I'm kind of not trying to force like a perfection on it where I think when I was going from three to four I suddenly all I wanted was for all the kids to be like you know poster family I was like ah every time they were naughty it would just drive me crazy but this time I'm just like it'll be what it'll be absolutely this baby is just gonna have to get on with that I'm afraid have the children (laughs) sort of got any aspirations towards music or or, or towards TV like media careers at their early age are they impressed by what mummy and daddy are doing do you think I don't know about impressed I hope they're not impressed I don't really want them to be impressed I think I hope that they've got a good um, a desire to find something they love I hope they've got a good desire to to work pretty hard at whatever they love but I don't I don't know. There's a couple of them which I would be quite surprised if they don't end up making music. But I'm, I'm pretty chilled about it. I think with my eldest, I was so keen. Every time he walked anywhere near an instrument, I'd be like, "Oh my god, do you want to play that? Do you want lessons? You know, we can get lessons." And yeah. And I think I've learnt through him that it's best just to step back and let him come to it his own way. And actually, now yeah. he kind of has, but he's done it a different way in his own way. Yeah. So I, I now I'm a lot more chilled about it. Other stuff going on in your life right now. I mean, obviously, you've got the uh, the tour coming up in June of next mm-hmm. year, and I think there are eight dates. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, it's just been announced, and uh, it's going to be me and an orchestra and the band, so we'll do the same sort of thing as the Royal Festival Hall, and just uh, the aim is to have a sort of a gig of two halves, really, um, half uh, an orchestral night where you can just sit back and listen, and then I'm going to get everybody dancing. Excellent, yeah, and too right. And I remember you did the Cash for Kids Awards for us, in Bournemouth yeah. a couple of years ago and yeah. we had a ball that night it was yeah, amazing was really cool. it was good so um, you know I, I can wholly recommend that you go and see Sophie live on stage she's amazing and the orchestra and the band together as well it really is going to be quite a unique experience exactly Excellent. all well, of the above is true absolutely good well I hope <laughs> I got away with um, offending you ever so slightly <laughs> earlier on in the conversation oh, Sophie but, it's very um, hard to offend me these days <laughs> that's good to hear oh phew <laughs> Well, it's been really nice chatting to you tonight, Sophie. All the you best too. with the new song, Love Is You. And I think we're going to play out with uh, one of your, one of your. I'm not going to say old tunes because oh, I'll offend on. you again. One of your classic <laughs> the tunes. The big woman's old tunes, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you think I should play, Sophie? What should um, we go for? Well, I think actually I might go for one that's like, a song hopefully people will know, but not like one of the... There's normally Murder or Groove Jet, so I want to mm. pick Little Take Me Home. That was my first ever solo single, and it's still one of my favourites. Well, Sophie, thank you for joining us tonight. <laughs> thank you. Good to talk to you.